On Sunday mornings, we started to unpack a series on disciplines and what is helpful in becoming a good disciple. Recently, we discussed the discipline of community and how it's positioned within the core of the church. And as a consequence, we thought what a great idea it would be to ask Ollie and Catherine Cole to talk to us about it, specifically because of the leadership role they fulfill within our church, but also because of the experience they've had in the past of what a community of love might look like. Without further ado, here's Ollie and Catherine for episode two of the Pondify podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pondify podcast. I am your host, Matt, and I'm joined at a very different location today by my co-host, Nigel. Hello, Nigel. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Yep, we're on a tour today and we're in a very bright room. We've got some very bright guests with us as well. Guests, please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Catherine Cole and we have been part of Community Church for almost five years. I'm married to Ollie who will introduce himself in a moment, I'm sure. I am a GP, that's my job. I do that for two days a week. And the rest of my time, I look after Henry and Toby, who are seven and three. Welcome, Catherine. And who are you, sir? So I'm Ollie, I'm married to Catherine, and uh, yeah, this is my house. Welcome. It's a (laughs) wonderful house. Thank you so much for having us. Quick question. Henry and Toby are children and not dogs. Is that correct? That is correct. Thank you. Just thought I'd ask. (laughs) Great Um, clarification there, Nigel. (laughs) So I'm going to introduce today's big question. That question is, how do we build a community of love? Why are we asking that, Nigel? So... On Sunday mornings, we've been going through a series on the disciplines and on what is helpful to help us become good disciples. And recently, we've been going through on community. And community is really core to our church and what we're about. So what we wanted to do was ask you guys, particularly because of the role you fulfill in the church, but also because of your experience in the past, of what a community of love might look like, how that might be. We do have a Bible passage, which we will come to from Hebrews, I'm sure sure but really we just want to get to know you a little bit first if that's okay yeah so sure do you want to tell us a bit about your role within the church then sure so um, we've been leading our small group for uh, quite a while now it started off before covid turned everything upside down as a group that was setting up with the intention of training some people up who might in the future consider small group leading for themselves that was its original plan during lockdown we were meeting online and Um, The changes that happened as a result of that meant that it kind of became uh, a more conventional small group, I guess. Um, So we've been doing that for a while. Um, And then over the last uh, year or so, we have also been overseeing the small group leaders. Our role there mainly is to support them in the work that they do, to help them, to make sure they know what they're doing, to act as a kind of bridge on occasions between the elders and small group leaders, just to make sure that communication is easy between uh, the different people that are, that, that are kind of involved in that, really. So that's that's our role. And, and this might sound like a bit of a, a silly question, but what is a small group? You've said that uh, a few times. Well, this that's, it's a question that we have actually spent some time thinking about because when we first started taking this role on, we kind of found ourselves discussing, well, there were a group of guys playing football together, guys from the church who, who loved Jesus and, and met together to play football. And I guess the question there was, all right, well, is is that a small group? It was certainly a community Um, It was drawing people in and we felt that it was really important to kind of, I guess, process what what are the the sort of minimum requirements for a small group. Um, And at that point, we we came to the conclusion that 
if you were meeting together regularly and if the intention of meeting together was uh, to meet together, to, to talk about your faith, to share your faith, to share life together, then that was a kind of a, an essential prerequisite. Uh, and we also said that a small group, a typical small group night should involve opening scripture together, discussing what that means um, and praying for each other. And so those, those are kind of, um, to our mind, essential elements of what a small group is. Anything to add to that, Catherine? I suppose the fact it's called a small group is that it is a smaller group of people than the size or group that we would normally meet with when we come to church on a Sunday. So small groups usually have maybe around 10 people. The idea being that when you're part of a smaller group of people, there's the opportunity to really get to know each other, to feel very, um, hopefully feel kind of free and able to be vulnerable with those people talking about perhaps struggles that you're having in your Christian life to really be able to share in each other's joys and and hopefully to feel like you have a, a place within that group and that you're able to to speak and contribute to those group meetings, perhaps in a different way than you would on a Sunday morning. But can't you just do community on a Sunday morning? Not in the same way. How so? So on a Sunday morning, we come together to worship God in a kind of traditional sung sense. We learn about God. We read the Bible, but it's not there's not so much opportunity to really go deep into scripture, to ask questions, to wrestle and grapple with some of the more difficult concepts. And then I think the the chat that we have with our friends at church after church, it's hard to go as deep as you would in a small group meeting just because there's children running around to chase there's distractions there's maybe other people waiting to speak to the same person you're speaking to it's just not the same kind of chat as what you would have in a small group i think also we 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 have a kind of an agreement in a small group that there is a degree of confidentiality that goes on so it's a safer place to share what what's really on your heart things you're struggling with um and in the kind of hustle and bustle of a sunday morning that can actually feel a little bit uncomfortable and yeah quite difficult i think i think also there's a on a sunday morning you might very well be kind of looking around oh, are there some new people here that i could welcome um are there some people that i could be talking to often for us um is there somebody i need to talk to do i need to talk to that person and make sure this is this is happening and there's a kind of busyness that is often there on a sunday morning that in a small group everything feels like it's kind of slowed down a little bit it's a safe place to say I'm really struggling with this actually and not necessarily even to get advice but just to have people around you to put their arm around you and say yeah let's stand together on that yeah I remember when um, when I became a Christian a long while ago now and I was trying out churches it was going to a community group that was the most attractive thing to me about Bishop Stortford Community uh, Church and I think the reason for that is because there was so much more time to build relationships with others who, in my opinion, were were like me. So where I'd gone to Anglican churches before, where the congregation tended to be a little bit older, me being in my early 20s, all of a sudden going along to somebody's house, having some food, meeting a load of other people in in their 20s, it was like, wow, okay, this is, there are people like me and I can have proper conversations with them and it isn't right. I've got to sit in, in my pew and listen to, to the, the, the person preaching and that's it. I think there's something really, really attractive about small groups from my own personal experience mm. as well. Can I ask, I think I need to ask a difficult question here because we have assumed everybody knows what we're talking about. So I am pretending here that I'm a bit stupider than I actually am, which 
is quite difficult, I think, but we'll try for that. Have a go. Thank you. So is a small group then just a way to be a part of a church? What is the purpose of a small group? So it is a way to be part of a church. That is definitely part of the role of small group. But it is also a way to deepen your relationship with God and to learn from other Christians and to study the Bible and to have people praying for you and to be able to be part of other people's Christian walk by praying for them. And how? who decides who is in what small group? Nobody decides apart from the person, really. So we have uh, a number of small groups in the church who uh, are welcoming new members. And, uh, and what we've always said is we would really encourage people to go to a small group, spend a couple of evenings there, see how it feels. And often people will go to a small group, experience sitting in someone's living room, sharing a bit of their life, seeing the way that people communicate there and, and they stay and they never try another one. Sometimes for one reason or another, it, it doesn't feel quite right. Um, and, and, and basically the, the deal we've got, the deal that small group leaders have got with new, with people who come to try it out for the first time is, you know, you're not signing your life away, you're here, you try it out. And if, if it doesn't feel quite right, or if you want to try another group, then go and do so. I mean, I think for, actually for a new, if, if you've just joined the church, there could be no better way of getting to know some people in the church. Um, I know my experience of kind of Joined, we joined the church as Catherine said about five years ago and it's easy on a Sunday morning to go along and to kind of see familiar faces but to not really be known and then you, once you've been to a small group you know that there are maybe eight or ten other people in the church who who know you in a way that that it would take you months or years to be known like that just going on a Sunday morning. And having said that um, you can choose which small group you want to be part of if somebody comes to us on a Sunday and said, I'm interested in joining a group, what would you suggest? We, we would potentially give some descriptions of what some of the small groups are like, perhaps which some of the people who are in the groups in case there's some relationships that are already there, maybe the location that some of the groups meet if that's important for people. But it's not to say that those are rules that have to be followed. So if you live in a certain place, you don't have to go to the small group down your road it is much more about finding where you fit best. Let's face it, guys. It's all about whichever small group offers you your favourite kind of biscuit. Is that is that about right? I would say the quality of coffee is more important <laughs> than the biscuits, personally. Good. But um, both important considerations to be made. I don't think there's any comment to be made in case the people who are in my small group are listening. <laughs> Okay, so so again, we we've we've got this big question: How do we build a community of love? How does small group fit into that then? Because we're talking about a community of love. How do these small groups contribute to that? I think that you can build a community of love on a Sunday morning, but I think it takes a long time. And I think if you add the kind of relationship strength that can come from small communities into what happens on a Sunday morning you end up with with two things that are complementary to one another rather than saying is it Sunday morning that builds a community or is it a small group that builds a community I think that's probably in some ways not a particularly helpful way of thinking about it more helpful to say if you really want to engage in what our church does our church has a number of expressions um, and Sunday morning is one of those expressions and there is stuff that you can do on a Sunday morning that we can't realistically do sat around in our living room on small group nights. But there are likewise things that we can do on small group nights that don't really work so well on a Sunday morning. Years ago, we were in a church that described it as, as kind of like a plane having two wings. Um, and if you try and fly a plane that's only got one wing, it, it maybe it's kind of keeps itself in the air okay, but it's not gonna fly as well as if you've got two. And this kind of 
dual thing of the, the kind of the scale on a Sunday morning that you can get from hearing preaching and from uh, sung corporate worship, which I love. If you kind of add into that, the, the small group discipleship that you get from community groups, I think you end up with two things that, that complement each other really nicely. And I think perhaps the way that love is shown in the wider church community can be different to how it's shown in a small group. So as an example, um, when we had Toby, so we had a new baby, a rotor was made so that a number of people from church brought us dinners for a couple of weeks so that we didn't have to cook and could focus on our children, which was lovely. And there were people in the church who actually we'd never met before who brought us meals. And I would say that is that is the kind of big community expressing love to us. As an example of kind of small group love, um, there are people in our small group who have gone through some really difficult things and we have spent a whole evening at times sort of just focusing on on one person and hearing about what is happening and trying to sort of guide them and discuss with them and bring some of God's word into that situation and praying for them. And that I don't think that is something that you can really have in a big community because you can't know that many people that well and you wouldn't want to share with a large group like that. But for me, that's what a small group is great for. I think it's worth pointing out that relationship is absolutely at the core of what Jesus does, that Jesus builds his disciples around him. He has relationship with those people. And it is absolutely at the core of what the Christian faith is about, is that we are not on our own. We are part of a group of people, a community of people. We are called the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit. All those things are corporate ideas. And the difficulty with a Sunday morning for someone like me, who is by nature an introvert, is that I don't talk to people. But in a small group, I am talked to, and therefore I talk to people, and therefore I build relationships up. So unless I've got my professional head on on a Sunday morning, because we all have a professional head, I think, um, I won't talk to people. And I think it's worth pointing out, I think, that small groups can be, probably should be, a shortcut to proper deep relationships where we choose to trust one another and where when that trust is let down we're in a small enough community to be able to cope with that rather than just throw our toys out the pram. I completely agree with that I mean I've heard it said that community is is a place where you do life together and certainly from my own experience I mean some of my best friends were in my first ever community group it's because we've done life together you know we've uh, they've seen us get married and they've supported us in that they've seen us uh, have children and they've supported us in that and they're still supporting us even though we may be in separate community groups now we've still formed those real relationships and those those deeper understandings of one another and I, I think the other thing is that forming those relationships it allows you to to be able to speak truth and have real truth spoken to you even be challenged some of the times, a lot of the times, <laughs> in, in my case as well. What's your experience of that? Because, I mean, you've made you've made community groups sound really great, but there are times where people need challenging and there are challenges that come up. So any advice on that? So I'll tell you a couple of stories then. One from when I was the person who needed challenging um, and one where I Never. was the challenger. Really? Oh, you would not believe there was a guy who who I had formed quite a, quite a good friendship with. I just I really trusted him. I looked up to him. He wasn't very much older than me, but he loved Jesus. His relationship with God was something that I I admired. And there was an occasion where we were walking along. It was at, it actually not in a small group night, but 
but we we knew each other through small group. He called me out on something really, really bluntly. And it was from, I don't think there's that many other people in the world at that moment who could have done it in a way that I received as loving and as, as just, it, it felt encouraging, but it felt really painful at the same time because he was right and because God was speaking through him and I knew that God was speaking through him. And I knew that partly because there was something about the authority that he spoke with, but mostly to be honest, because I knew him and I knew him well enough to know that if I had said something similar to him, he would have received it in a really positive way. I knew that he was for me. I knew that from experience and it, that allowed him to challenge me. Likewise, there have been situations the other way around. Um, there was a guy that I met with for a little while actually, um, and, and we would meet in small group and then I would meet kind of one-on-one with him. Um, and he, yeah, he struggled with a number of things. And there was an occasion where I had to, um, I had to speak to him about something really difficult and it involved somebody else in the church. And we were, we were kind of chatting and, and again, without the relationship that had been built up before that, there's no way I'd have had anything like a right to, to speak to him about the things that, that I was speaking to him about. He, he had to know before I started talking to him that I loved him, that I was for him, that it wasn't, this wasn't me being needlessly critical this was me saying although I I don't know if I use these words this was me saying look God's standard for you is so high because God loves you this much and where you are right now is not is not there and obviously that's that's a really difficult thing to have to say but you can only say that when there's the strength of that relationship there and that that takes time what about you Catherine how how do you deal with a difficult situation or even a difficult person in small groups thanks Um, So I think that in some ways, the beauty of small groups is that it's a place for the broken people, which just, you know, to some extent does include all of us. But it is a place where perhaps the slightly more difficult people can find a home and can find a group of other people who will come alongside them, who otherwise, in a purely social way, might not have done. I think that's, that's really good. And that is something that the church should be doing really well and of, and often I think it does um we we were in a group in the past that was mainly made up of people like us so we were we were in our late 20s there were a number of other people in the church in their late 20s all of whom pretty much were in our group and it was a really nice little social gathering if someone had a birthday party that was who we would invite we also got to do small group life together and talk about god and it was wonderful but there was one person in the group who didn't really fit. He was almost twice as old as everybody else, had some difficulties, had some some slightly challenging character traits. And at times it was hard and we almost wished he wasn't in the group. But then actually it was great that he was in the group because that stopped it being just a clique of friends who were hanging out and talking about the Bible and having somebody who perhaps didn't quite fit the mold and who was a bit more challenging to love, having him in the group, I think helped to remind all of us what we were doing and what small small group life is really about, which is kind of loving people as, as they come, isn't it? So fitting isn't just a matter of being like the people around you? No, and sometimes groups work really well when there are lots of similar people because if you're all a similar age and say you are going through similar things, you understand each other's life, don't you? When someone shares a certain prayer point about a difficult situation, there can be a lot of genuine understanding. But actually the church 
is made up of people from all walks of life, all different ages, different places, different jobs, different family situations, all sorts. And really, it's good if small groups reflect that too. And I think that helps to keep us grounded. And also we get something from that, even if you just think of it from a selfish point of view of what am I getting out of this? The guy that Catherine was talking about there, because we were in a group where we were all quite similar, we kind of gave each other similar things in a sense. So so in a, in a small group discussion, we would be kind of understanding one another a lot. But something that that guy had the ability to do because his experience was was actually quite different to the rest of the group was to throw something in that that made us think in a way that we wouldn't otherwise have thought. And yeah, we provided a place for him to be, a hope for him to feel loved and for him to feel um, cherished and welcomed. But at the same time, he could challenge us in a way that we probably weren't challenging, challenging each other. He could inspire us in a way that we weren't inspiring each other just because he brought something different. Difference and variety in a small group in the church is more than just something that we have to live with. I think it's more than just something that we have to um, put up with, more than something that Jesus said, yeah, let's have lots of different types of people. So we've got, as Christians, got a kind of, you know, grin and bear it and just put up with this. I think actually we need to change our attitude a little bit so that we're we're looking at variety in our group and saying, it, it may well be that the reason sometimes getting on with all of these people is because the Lord has called into this place people from different backgrounds with different experiences and the richness of that and the beauty of that is that we're challenged in ways that you wouldn't otherwise be challenged and you get to experience via somebody else just a much broader picture of who God is and I think there's there's real beauty in that it's it's for us rather than just something we've got to put up with I think and I suppose um Jesus modeled the the difference in his his own small group, if you will, with the with the twelve. You know, uh, I think it was Al that mentioned it at one of the preachers uh, recently that you had the tax collector and the zealot. You know, they, they <laughs> politically they they were either ends of the spectrum, and yet I imagine there was quite a bit of growth in terms of their own literal <laughs> walk with God. And again, I c- I can testify m- myself when when I've had um, people from different backgrounds um, in in small group life, it's been extremely challenging to my own viewpoint and and I've had to to even change <laughs> my viewpoint because of some of the stuff that, that that they've brought it's it's not just about that though we had a small group which uh, Sophie and I were in and there was a lady called Karen in that small group and she was a wheelchair user she so she had one of those electric buggies and our small group in order to help her fit in paid for and fitted a ramp a wooden ramp which was portable at the back of our house so that she could come in through the French windows and sit in the group. She would come in in her little car (laughs) into our living room, sit there, and then she would leave again. And her life changed because of it, because she couldn't be in a small group. And a few months later, and maybe a year later, um, she came round to our house for Christmas Eve dinner, which is a big thing for us. And it was one of the most precious times we've ever had because she didn't particularly have a family um, and she became a part of our family for that night and she died two weeks later very very suddenly but she had a family and when she passed away everybody was there we all there for each other we helped with the funeral it was it was an incredible experience and we never would have had that had we not stepped out of comfort zone so could I ask Maybe this is the same question, just a different way. What does a healthy small group look like, do you think? 
I, th- I think in some ways what we've already been saying has to be an aspect of a healthy small group. I think there has to be a variety of people in it. I think there has to be, if it's, if it's people expressing their opinions and hearing their own opinions expressed back to them, I'm not sure that that is the environment in which growth is going to occur. So I think, I think that is really helpful. But at the same time, we meet, our small group meets on a Tuesday night. And we, I mean, this Tuesday, by way of an example, I'd had just an absolutely monster day at work. And what I needed that night, or what I felt I needed before our small group arrived, was to sit down on the sofa and just kind of exist for an hour. And what I got is what I actually needed, which is people turning up and people who I knew kind of were for me and who I knew loved me and we talked and we chatted and we we didn't talk about me actually we talked about scripture and we talked about Jesus and at the end of that time which I'd started with a terrible attitude thinking I just want to stop at the end of that time I was built up I was encouraged and I think it's it's kind of on the one hand you from a small group should be a place of growth it should be a place where we are willing to challenge each other on the other hand a small group should be a place of comfort. It should be a place of love, a place where people leave having met Jesus, but having met with one another and having experienced the love of other people. And I think that's, that's, that has to be held in some kind of tension, actually. You, you said that they came and they, they just loved you. How? People know what's going on in my life. So people knew that that was going to be a big day for me because I'd been asking for prayer for it for a couple of weeks. And so I didn't have to kind of go through the whole thing again. I didn't have to explain over and over again. People said, how was it? I said, it was really tough. Um, and, and I didn't need much more than that. I just needed someone to care. And that's what I got. And that's, it's so, so precious. And, and obviously I get that from my kind of immediate family, but to have this kind of extended group of people who really do feel like a family who came and I knew that they were bothered, that, that just goes so far. It means such a lot. And, and I think that is a, that is a key part of what makes a healthy small group. What I thought you kind of said there was that actually for being part of a healthy small group, you yourself have to be vulnerable. And again, from my own experience, if you are not real in a small group, if you cannot be vulnerable, people don't get to see the real you. One of the most important things, again, from my own perspective of joining a small group is that you are just yourself. And when people say, how are you? You don't do the normal thing that you might do on a Sunday, which is, I'm fine. What's that? Fearful, insecure, neurotic, emotional. Yeah, tick them. Fine. But instead say, you know what? I'm really struggling. And this is what I'm struggling with. And and not just being that one page into the book, but actually go straight, you know, go, go fully into it. I guess that's just the kind of person I am. And I enjoy doing that. But I think if everybody knows within a small group that what is said at small group stays in small group and that you, you are a family, that you have... Uh, the intention of doing life together, you grow, you really experience what it is to to be loved and known by other people who are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, okay, I'm going to stop talking. And, and it's, not, it's not just when you've had a rubbish day. It's not just when, uh, oh, my day was really heavy and I needed people around me to kind of hold me up because I didn't feel like I could hold myself up. Sometimes people come and they've had a great week and they've had some really good news and we get the cake out and there's a celebration and and having people around you who know enough of the story to realize what a big deal that moment is for you who can celebrate with you properly i think is just as precious as having someone who realizes why my day on tuesday was so difficult you need both of those things yeah i was just going to add add a couple of things um 
thinking of what makes a healthy small group. So I think one thing that shows that you have a healthy small group is that you always leave your small group meeting thinking, I'm glad I did that. Because I think in reality, very few of us really want to go out on a Tuesday night. Often, even by Tuesday, we're pretty tired. And we honestly have had evenings when we've said, shall we just lock the door and hide? Do we really want everybody coming round? But we are never, ever disappointed at the end of an evening. And we are always glad to have seen those people, to have shared each other's lives in the way that we've been talking about and to have talked about the Bible. And I I just think you never really regret talking about the Bible with other Christians because there's always something good that God will bring out of it. So so I think that that is one one definition for me is that you're always you're always glad you went to a healthy small group. And the other thing I was going to say there is and um, this is something that we've sort of been taught when we've had small group training at times but the idea of having good relationships and also good challenge in a group. So if, if your group is is all good relationships but quite low on challenge. So yes, you have a lovely time together, but you don't really read the Bible or grow in your faith or talk about God that much. Actually, you're kind of missing out. Equally, if you sit around and you do a very intense Bible study, but you don't really get to know each other or show each other's lives, you've got good challenge, but not a lot of relationship. And again, you're kind of missing out. And the ideal is that you're with a group of people with whom you build up good relationships, you do the life sharing that we've discussed, and you have a good amount of challenge in terms of scripture and prayer and Bible study together. I think uh, there's several words that have come out which I just wanted to point out if that's okay. So we've had the word growth, grace and love. And I think those are really important. We've also had comfort, acceptance, challenge, and uh, there was another one as well. But the thing that comes to mind is family, is the fact that we don't choose our family. And the other thing I was going to ask, which I thought was really important, I wonder, when is it okay not to come to house group? I've been in house groups in the past where there's been a very low attendance level. I've been in other house groups where everybody's there all the time. When's it okay not to come to a house group, do you think? If you have an infectious disease, you should stay away. <laughs> I think that's, a, that's an important thing to say. Oops. It, it's, it's tricky. I think as a, as a leader, what you want is to create an environment where people feel like, my day has been really difficult and the place I need to be is at small group because that's where I'm going to get looked after. That's where I'm going to get supported. That's the ideal. I think in reality, there are times, as Catherine said, where we as leaders want to put a sign on the door that says, go away, we're not ready tonight. Um, I suppose in some sense, we kind of don't have the option to do that because we're leading it and people are going to turn up at our house. And as Catherine said, there have been no occasions in my memory where people have left and I've thought, I was right before they should have gone away. I've always been glad that people have come around. There have been occasions where we've not been leading groups, where um, something has come up in the day and we've just needed a bit of space to clear our heads. And I think there there is a place for that. For some people, when something really huge comes up before they can process that with other people around them, they need a bit of time to themselves. Um, and people are different. And, and and if that's the case, then then that's the case. But but I'm, I'd still be keen to encourage someone to say, I think more often than not, you will find that that being around other believers who might do no more than just put their arm around your shoulder and say, I get it, I know, I know what's going on. More often than not, that that is going to be a good thing to do. And I think we recognise sometimes practically it is literally impossible to be at a small group meeting on a particular night because you have a very important work meeting that you absolutely can't get out of. 
and sometimes that happens and we have different commitments to fulfill or a podcast to record because tonight's my small group oh well thanks for coming <laughs> and i lead a small group on a thursday <laughs> it's thursday by the way listeners we're glad you're here can you tie this together with some scripture for us nigel <gasps> okay so uh, this this may be in the wrong order i'm not so sure but the passage that came to my mind as i was thinking about how do you build a community of love and all of that stuff is hebrews 10 beginning of verse 23 it says let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promises who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching i reckon hope leaks i think for all of us as christians if we live our christian life in isolation it's really easy to go down the dark alley and to, to kind of fall off the piece, the pinnacle. Um, hope leaks and other people help to fill it up. And I just think there's something really important there. I've always loved the idea of spurring one another on because if you're going to have a house group and you want the, you've talked about having the comfort and then the challenge, I tend to lean more towards the challenge. And the idea of spurring people on is, is like a, it's quite a violent concept, but it's in the right direction and it's doing it together. I just think it's so important. And the thing that really is important is that we shouldn't stop meeting together. When the number of Christian friends I have had in my lifetime, who I've shared small group life with in various times, who have fallen away from God, and they fell away from God when they stopped coming to small groups, when they stopped meeting other Christians, when they listened to the rubbish that is out there that isn't Jesus. I just think it's so important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And this, I'm glad you brought that passage up because I, I think that passage is is kind of the bit in the Bible that kind of gives us our mandate for small group, Julie. And we use that passage at the beginning of the meeting we had last month for small group leaders again because that that is exactly what we need to be doing as small groups isn't it and that idea of of don't give up meeting together even if you are tired or busy have it as a priority to come and meet with other believers in, in some ways you don't need that as a command if you're feeling like you really want to go to small group right if you get home from work and it's been quite a light day and you think i've got all the energy in the world um, i am ready to go and open scripture and dive into it and and see what the lord wants to say to me and there are days like that um on those days i don't need to be reminded i don't stop meeting together it's on the days when i get home from work and i want to put a sign on the door that says go away that's when i need to be reminded i don't stop meeting together don't give up on this it was the plan of jesus from from the very beginning it's one of the first things he did in his ministry was was to get guys together get some people together because the christian life was never supposed to be solitary i don't know anyone who does it really successfully in a solitary way it's it's so so hard so hard i like the intentionality in that passage as well so it's not just let's meet together and have a nice chat but let's meet together and consider like think about how we can spur one another on let's do this in an intentional way let's work out how we can encourage each other because i think if you it's perfectly possible if you meet up with a Christian friend to have the whole of your social gathering and not talk about God. Mm. That is possible and definitely something that I've done. And afterwards, I've thought, oh, I missed an opportunity there. 
but small group because we are intentionally coming together to do something focused about God which sometimes feels like a bit of a wrench almost like right guys fun over stop chatting let's get our bibles out but again you never regret it because that is why we want to be part of this community together it does it does need a mix of the three w's a welcome worship and the word because without that like you said it's just a social gathering but there's also at the end of that passage an urgency as the day draws closer and the fact that we're spurring one another to urgency i mean the reality is that this world is full of people who are dying without knowing the love of christ and that is just how do we manage to sit so comfortably most of the time with that in place and other people to remind us of that to help us do that to encourage us to have testimony of how we shared it at work or at the job center or wherever we were yeah that that could be the fourth w in your list of witness and we've been in various groups at different times and sort of thought about witness in different ways so whether witness is the role of your small group in itself are you going to be a group of people who actively try and invite non-Christians in or do some sort of outreach stuff? Or is the role of your small group in facilitating witness? So more like we're all talking to each other about different people that we're meeting or non-Christians that we have contact with and then encourage each other and praying for each other in those individual situations that we're in that we might be sharing God's word with them. I think this is something that we probably should have mentioned when we were talking about what the 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 kind of characteristics of a healthy small group are and we kind of ran straight to the i suppose the more glamorous stuff of kind of forming these really beautiful loving communities and and, and perhaps the, the the less glamorous side that what that makes a small group really effective is is having a kind of a, a purpose and a, and a clear direction of travel of we're not actually just here to drink tea eat cake and be nice to each other um that's not there's nothing wrong with that um but, but that isn't really enough, actually. that's I'm not even sure it's worth people leaving their house to come here to do that. Um, but I think it really is worth people leaving their house if we're going to open scripture together, if we're going to say, okay, what are we really here for? What, what, what is the actual purpose of our lives? What, what, what is this really about? Um, and to be saying to each other, come on, you, you mentioned last week that you were speaking to that guy at work about, about your faith. How's that gone since? What's happened with that? Um, has he spoken to you again it can be really easy for small groups to kind of fall into a really cozy little soft rut of we're going to meet we're going to we're going to have fun we're going to hang out we're going to open the bible we'll have a nice kind of discussion about what it meant to readers at the time what it might mean to us now we'll pray for some nice things in our lives but really there's there's a i think it's so much more effective if we're being really deliberate about saying we're in a mission here there is a, a a really really serious mandate on our lives because as you say people are dying who don't know jesus so there's encouragement and accountability in there too to add to those words so sentence each why should someone at ccbs join a small group because you're missing out if you don't because the plan of jesus was that his followers would walk together as they follow him come and do life together just come and do life together because i ask the question i get away with it so <laughs> no you don't <laughs> you're a cheat <laughs> <laughs> so so finally for anybody who's been listening to this and, and been thinking actually you know what i, I want to join a small group or i want to change small groups i, I want to be part of this how do they go about doing that so you could look at the church website 
which is currently very up to date and it's got lists of all the groups that have got space it's got uh, details about the groups when and where they meet and a, a little bit of a blurb about the groups so that that is one way to get some information another way is to come and talk to us on a Sunday morning we're normally there in the first service and during the coffee break and I have a helpful list that I tend to bring with me so I could look down my list with you we're also uh, if you don't know who we are you, you can ask the people in the welcome corner to direct you to us if that would help the other thing you could do is if you know somebody else in the church who is in a small group you could talk to them about their small group maybe that would be a good one to start off by trying out if there's somebody in a group that you already know but however you do it we would very much encourage you to get involved in a small group i think it's also worth saying that the people who lead small groups in our church are just an amazing group of people they are welcoming and friendly and they love jesus and they are really passionate about helping people to to grow in in relationship and grow in love with Jesus and these are really really good people and they're not kind of intimidating or scary so yeah if you come and come and speak to us we would love to put you in touch with some of these people because they are great they're real and ordinary people they're not specially trained they're not super giants they they're just really cool no but they're people who love Jesus and and if you spend enough time loving Jesus you end up being a super giant